Hello, welcome back. Today the stories we will listen to come from the subreddit r slash let's not meet. The title of the post we will listen to first is my daughter was somebody's LNM. My daughter reminded me about this today, and I thought y'all would enjoy the laugh. When my oldest daughter was a freshman in college, she and her friends decided to get into bones. Specifically, they would pick up decaying roadkill, clean the skulls, and make art from them, or sell them. Eventually, they decided to get some fresh cow skulls to clean. They went to a local slaughterhouse, and bought three cow heads, wrapping them in plastic garbage bags and putting them in the back of their car. On the way to the cleaning site, they stopped at a home improvement store in the middle of nowhere to pick up some supplies, two people went inside, two stayed with the car. After a few minutes, my daughter said, I think the heads shifted, I'm going to check the them and make sure the bags didn't come open. She got out, opened the hatchback, and the bags toppled out, spilling blood and decapitated cow heads onto the pavement. As she jumped back, she happened to see a lone store employee, pushing carts back to the store. And he saw the heads. And the blood. He dropped the carts and powerwalked as fast as possible to the storefront, just as my daughter's friends came out. We need to go, she said. And they went, with all haste, this was, oh, five years ago. I'm sure that poor traumatized employee is hoping to never meet them again. Our next story is titled My Neighbor Tries Claiming My House. This happened a little bit ago, about a month, and it was a bizarre experience to say the least, I'm 15, and I was playing some video games before passing out. It was about, say, 11 p.m., when I hear the doorbell ring. Out of instinct, I begin walking downstairs, but about halfway their rationality came to mind, who the fuck rings a doorbell at 11pm, I silently strode back upstairs and stood in the hall, kinda expecting something bad to happen. An exact minute later, it rings twice. My parents begin to leave their room, and give my a quizzical look, and all I had to respond was a shrug, then he starts banging on the door. My mother jumps at the first bang, and my father's eyes widened, but more in confusion than fear. He decided to go downstairs and peep through the view hole. It was our neighbor, my dad hesitantly opened the door, and I could hear my father's voice tremble slightly. Hey, what do you need? Next thing I hear is an entire full-blown scream argument from our neighbor, claiming that this household was his, and we stole it from him. My father's uneasiness was quickly replaced with annoyance, and he simply shut the door without giving our neighbor the time of day, my dad stepped on the first step going up the stairwell when our neighbor first hit the door. I'm not talking banging with a fist, this man was full body slamming it. My father was stunned for a second, and my neighbor charged the door again. This time, we began to hear the splintering of wood. Everyone reacted at once. My father went to brace the door with his body, my mother went to go get the other two kids, and I went for 911, the body slamming ensued for another 5 minutes, and while I was on the phone with 911, it stopped. I thought it was over, and I was relieved. But I still stuck on the phone, I go peek out the front window of my house, and boy, was it only getting started. Our neighbor took his Jeep Wrangler and simply directed it straight at our house. We had zero clue what he was doing, until he hit the gas and we heard the squealing of tires, then he immediately hit the brakes. He was trying to scare us out of the house, I was still on the phone with 911, and I stepped away from the window to comfort my siblings, crack jokes and such. Eventually, police arrived and arrested him, the next morning, I left for school, still shaken from the night before. I stepped onto our front steps, and saw tire marks leading up to our front door. The lunatic actually nearly rammed our door down with his car, I really never want to see this cunt ever again, but he lives directly to my right. 
Fuck my life. Edit, alright, I don't know if he has a mental illness or not, I'm sorry. And no, I'm not going to physically harm him via blade nor bullet. Stop suggesting that, edit 2, no, I do not care if he had threatened us, the situation was resolved with no one harmed. Stop saying I am why father should have hurt anyone. There was no need, rationality over emotion. And no, not even I trust my guardians with a firearm. I would probably be the best candidate for it, but I doubt my father will buy a gun and rely on his 15-year-old son to use it. Best that I wait until I'm of age. The next post from today's subreddit is T. TLED always change your locks when you buy a new house. So this happened in 2013 and I was 17. My family was looking at this house and the owner showed up and talked with my parents. Seemed like a nice older man, built the house himself. It's a pretty nice two-story house overlooking a river. Anyway, I was standing back watching everyone talk and as the owner is talking and laughing there's a break in the conversation where he turns away from my parents and his expression completely and instantly changes from happy to the most sinister and hateful scowl I've ever seen. I don't think he noticed me watching, it probably appeared to be on my phone as my head was down. As soon as he turned back he instantly went back to smiling. It was so creepy and honestly made me feel sick. I told my mom who said it was weird but maybe he's just awkward, so we got the house. We moved in and the next weekend my family is going to church but I don't feel like going. So they all leave me at home. So it's Sunday morning about 11am when I hear really loud banging outside. It's rhythmic and coming from the side of the house. I was on the other side of the house on the second floor. Honestly my dumb ass thought it was maybe the wind, it was stormy that day, and I didn't think much of it. It stopped after about 5 minutes. 10 minutes later I hear walking around downstairs. Chairs moving. Kitchen cabinets opening and the fridge opening. I immediately quietly go lock my door, grab my baseball bat, and call 911. While I tell them my address I text my mom and tell her that someone is in the house and that I've called 911. At that point the 911 operator said that someone was 10 minutes out. I tell her shish cuz I heard steps walking towards the stairs. Basically the house is so thin I could track where he was in the house. At this time my mom responded that she's on her way. She's 30 minutes away. So here is a 17 year old, 5, 2, 100 pounds girl hunkered in her room full well knowing that if he came in he'd overpower me and take the bat. I was fucking terrified. I heard him walk down the hallway towards my door. I saw the handle turn and stop. It was locked. And I heard him stand there. He didn't move. I could hear his breathing. It felt like forever but really I think it was about 10 seconds. I heard him turn and go back down. I heard the back door open and shut. And about 3 minutes later the police pulled up. The 911 operator asked me if I could let them in or if they needed to force it. I knew he had left so I let them in. No one was there, no sign of forced entry, nothing. When my mom got there she looked at my stepdad and asked if he had changed the locks. He hadn't, I think the creepiest part, and what really validated my story, was that my mom had just vacuumed the hallway. And there were shoe prints that were larger than anyone in our house. And the police hadn't been up there. And they stopped just outside my room, he died about a year after that, please don't forget to change your locks, let's jump right into our next post titled Grinder Horror Story. This happened two days ago, I live in a small city in Romania, around 30k inhabitants. Romania isn't exactly known for their tolerance of gay people, it's not as bad as other places, such as Russia, but the situation is definitely not rosy here either, I get on Grinder and meet a guy. 
18 years old apparently. The guy didn't have a picture of his face as his PFP, because it's too dangerous, he had a picture of a rose drawing. Most guys on Grinder here don't have pictures of themselves. We talk for a bit and I really like the guy, and then we finally accept to exchange face pictures. I send him a selfie of myself, and he sends me a picture of a guy from our city. He was cute and I really really liked him, so I told him, hey, I saw you around the city, didn't know you were gay too laughing face. We talk and finally arrange to meet, I had some errands to run at the tailor shop, my cousin's bachelorette party is coming next week, and I had to adjust my favorite shirt, so I ask him to meet in front of the tailor shop, the building in which the tailor shop is located has four stories, the ground floor is a clothes shop, which my aunt works at, the first floor is a sotrage room, the third floor is a barber's salon and the fourth floor was the tailor shop. I go to the tailor shop, and then go to the clothes shop on the ground floor to visit my aunt and see how she's doing. As I was looking out the window of the clothes shop, I noticed there were five men, all of them in their late twenties behind the building, none of them was the guy the first got a picture of, and none of them even looked remotely close to what the guy looked like. I text the guy the first was supposed to meet and ask him if he made it to the tailor shop. As soon as I send the messa. GE, one of the five guys phones lit up, and he started texting. As soon as he stopped texting, I got a notification from Grinder. I'm behind the tailor shop, I went there to smoke so no one would see me. Come smoke with me. I was terrified as I realized I wasn't going to meet the guy in the picture, he tries to get me to go behind the tailor shop, and I try to get him to the side of it. There were no windows to the side of the building, so after a few tries, he agreed to meet at the side of the tailor shop. All five guys went to the side of the tailor shop, I peeked my head from the door, looked left and right, and as soon as I saw my way was clear, I ran for it, grinder cutie, let's not meet, edit, I bumped into the cute guy the next day, and started talking to him, I opened my phone and pretended to use it, and I went on grinder. I saw him look at my screen and ask me, you're, you know, I say yes, cause I actually knew he was gay too, and he says, me too. I told him about the incident, and he got kind of scared, as the guys used his picture. On a more positive note, he agreed to go out with me once school starts again, the name of the next post we will listen to is years of watching crime docs might have saved my life. For six months last year I lived in the north of Spain. About a week before I was going to move back to Ireland, my friend and I were at my house having dinner and drinking a little. I was renting an apartment in the city and my roommate was an older lady, maybe in her fifties. I am 20. That night my roommate left to go have dinner with her friends. About a minute after she left someone buzzed our door to be let into the building. I looked at the camera and didn't recognize the woman. She looked to be in her late 20s to early 30s so I just assumed it was one of my roommate's friends and she was coming to meet her or something like that. I buzzed her into the building assuming they would meet in the lobby. At first I didn't buzz her in because I didn't recognize her and she walked away from the door but then I hit the buzzer as soon as she walked away and then I, myself walked away from the camera meaning I couldn't see if she actually entered or not, assuming that if she didn't enter she would just call or text my roommate, boy, was I wrong. This woman came up to my apartment building on the 6th floor, she came up just 2 minutes after my roommate left so I know she didn't take the stairs and I know they must have seen each other when my roommate got off the lift and the lady got in. Realizing that this is weird I do not open the door when she rings it. I look through the peephole just to confirm that it was nobody I knew. At this point I back away from the door and gesture for my friend to be silent. We creep back to my room which is at the far side of the apartment and I begin calling my roommate who ISNT picking up. 
Meanwhile the lady is incessantly ringing my door. My roommate is not picking up and my friend is just telling me to open my door. In her mind it's a woman so she must be harmless, I tell her she's an idiot for underestimate the female sex. Women can be criminals too. She keeps telling me to open the door and I refuse. The door keeps ringing. I keep looking out the peephole. At this point I understand that if she knew my roommate or was looking for someone specific she would just call or text them. She didn't take out a phone at all. She just stayed eerily silent. Didn't call out any names or ask if anyone was home. This was weird to me, I finally get through to my roommate. She says she wasn't expecting anyone and that she doesn't know anyone in that age range. She asks if I am okay and I say I am fine, now it's been at least 20 minutes. I know the lady knows someone is home because the lights are on and my understanding is that's why she's not leaving. I continue watching her through the peephole and see her go into the lift for a minute and then come back out again. The lift is really loud and I would have heard it move. It didn't, she just went in and came out. In my mind this means someone is in the lift waiting for her. This screams sketchy to me, after about 40 minutes she leaves. I run to our hall and flick on the outside camera. The lady left the building with two men. They all had backpacks on. I will be eternally grateful for trusting my instincts and not listening to my friend. Sometimes it's better to be safe than sorry, creepy lady with henchmen, let's not meet again, TLDR, three people tried to get into my apartment and my ass was saved because I wasn't naive enough to believe that women don't commit crime, the next story of today's episode is named I was kidnapped when I was 13. This is something that was super traumatic for me. But it was never discussed again in my household. I was talking with my mom about it the other night and she still didn't say much thought I would share my thoughts with you all, when I was 13 I got a Dell desktop for school. The internet was fairly new for me back in 2003. AOL and MySpace. Yahoo Messenger. AOL Chatrooms. 16FCALI Anyone. AOL Chatrooms was where I went. I was a shy, overweight kid back then. Still shy to this day. But online. Online I could be anyone. I could say anything. It was amazing. I discovered so many things when I got the internet. If I could be anyone. So could someone else. Thus how I met one 27 year old man, and hash x200b, one night I logged on, the AOL dial up sound still makes me feel uneasy. I was sitting in my cold dark kitchen. The computer was here so I could be monitored. It was just me and my mom though and she was always working. So no one ever really monitored me. Plus she had no idea how to use a computer so I got away with a lot. I was bored so I hopped into an AOL chatroom. Lurked for a bit, then 15F here. I was really 13 but saying I was 15 made me feel so much more mature. Private message incoming, hey, my name is Rob, where you from? And that's how it started. I told him where I was from. That I was in high school. Which wasn't a lie. My school was from 712 grade, U, 19MNY, oh man was it cool to be talking to an older guy. And boy was he cute. Honestly I don't really remember much. Maybe I blanked it out, maybe my memory is just shot. I do remember emails back and forth. The occasional phone call. I remember finding out he was talking to another girl and I wanted to break things off but he begged and pleaded until I caved. Then the let's meet. I was nervous. He had never asked for a pic. Had never really asked for much from me. Just the emails back and forth. A phone call a day. But somehow he made me feel safe. Made me feel wanted, cared for, and hash x200b, he drove from NY to WV one day. 
My mom worked right beside my house so he parked about a quarter mile away and took the back alley to enter my house. My friend was with me when he showed up, but was scared when she seen him and ran out the back door. I maybe should have taken a hint from that but I just stood on the back porch with my head down. Was given a hug as he led me inside. Not five minutes after being there, sitting on the couch did he move things further. Then further even into my bedroom. I won't get into the details on what happened next. I assume most can guess. After that he left, with instructions to get in his car after I get off the school bus and we will go on a date. I had no idea where he was staying. I lived extremely far in the country. An hour's drive from the closest hotel, and hash x200b, the next day I get ready for school, ride the bus for the 45 minute drive. And as soon as I hop off in the school parking lot I get directly into his car. No one noticed. No one said anything. We drive around. Never go on a date. He just finds different places to park so that he can use me. I notice a photo of another young girl 15 or 16 in the visor of his car. Question him. Believe when he tells me it's his cousin. Believe when I question why his hairline is receding so much. Believe him when he tells me I can't see his driver's license because he left it in the hotel. Believed him when he said he loved me, and hash x200b, I get dropped back off at school. Super sad that he was going back home. With promises he will call. Again everything feels very fuzzy. I can't remember many emotions from this time. I do remember that a few days later my mom says she found out I skipped school with a man. That I was never to see him again. And that was that, and hash x200b, I do remember sending an email. I do remember a late night phone call. I do remember saying, I wish I could just live with you. I remember him suggesting to come get me. I remember saying okay. Days later by the time he made the drive again I was feeling iffy about leaving my mom. I loved her after all. I didn't think things through. I didn't put much thought into anything really. Packed a few clothes in a suitcase. Forgot all underwear, that is one of my sharpest memories. I felt bad that he drove 8 hours to get me so I left in the middle of the night. Got in the car to him and his cousin. He got in the backseat with me. Proceeded to have sex with me while his cousin drove. Then get back in the front seat. This happened a few times between my home and his, and hash x200b, the drive took forever. I had nothing to drink. Was offered nothing when they got something. They stopped to nap at a rest stop and I attempted to collect call my mom. Which was disabled on our phone. I dug around for some change to get something to drink but couldn't afford anything in the convenience store. So I drank out of the truck stop sink, and hash x200b, hours later we park a block away fro. M his house while he runs to get something. I am sitting in the back seat, waking up from a nap when around 8 or so men and women in black suits surround the car. Screaming for us to get out with our hands up. My first though, SHT first 10 minutes in NY and I am already being robbed. I am terrified. I get out and a man pulls me over to the curb while the other officers force his cousin onto the ground. All the while they are asking my name and age. Telling me to tell his cousin my age, and hash x200b, I am put in the back of an unmarked car. Driven to the NYPD. Past reporters, cameras, news trucks. Snuck into the back of the station. Where I see Rob in handcuffs for the last time. And for in love 14 year old me this is devastating. I am taken into a room and questioned for hours. I am then taken to the hospital. Then a hotel where a nice woman brings me Taco Bell and stays with me as I fall asleep. The next day two FBI officers escort me home on a plane. 
where I get off and where I am greeting by police officers, my mother, and a horde of news reporters, and hash x200b, I later found out that when my mom reported me missing the police didn't want to do much. They didn't even take the picture of me. She had had his license plate number. She remembers seeing his car parked by the road that first meeting. She took note since it was an out-of-state car. Thanks to her being vigilant. I do find this is the only reason I am alive today. The police said they would look into it but that wasn't enough for my mom. She contacted a family friend who in turn contacted the governor of WV. Who in turn made the police look further into it. After they ran the license number, looked into the man, found out who he was. That was when they issued an amber alert. Noting that I was in extreme danger. My cousin told my mom that he looked at Rob's rap sheet and it was a mile long. But wouldn't tell my mother what was on it. For fear of scaring her more, and hash x200b, I never went to court. I never went to any hearings. But I did fall into a horrible depression. My friend's parents wouldn't let them hang out with me. People spray painted, slut, on my locker at school. I had no friends but most of all I thought a man was in prison for loving me. When I learned he got sentenced to 10 years in prison, which he served every year of, I became deeply troubled. I was in and out of the mental hospital for self-harm for years. On a slew of depression medication, and hash x200b, psychiatrists never talked to me about anything. I had to process it all myself. My teenage years were better though. I transferred schools, made best friends. Graduated. But still in the back of my mind I felt that I was the reason a man lost 10 years of his life. Until I was told he was let out of prison. A couple of years after he was out I contacted him on Facebook. At the time I was around 24 or 25. He told me that if I ever contacted him again he would kill both me and my mother. That he still knows where I live, and hash x200b, I had no idea what he planned to do with me. My mom still says selling me to a sex trafficker. I was told that he had other girls my age he was talking to, and hash x200b, some good things happened because of my kidnapping. Schools all over my state started internet safety education classes. Kids were taught safety. Parents were taught how to keep kids safe. No other girls were taken by this man, and hash x200b, so, to the man who ruined so many years of my life, I am 29 now. I am happy, healthy, and I have zero remorse that you are now listed as a level 3 sex offender and that you were in prison for so many years, and hash x200b, and hash x200b, edit, thank you everyone who has commented. Thank you everyone who has in turn shared your story with me. I feel less alone. And thank you to the kind strangers who gifted gold and silver. I was very lucky. I was lucky I had a mom who never gave up. I was lucky she raised me. As a single mother I know it was hard on her. She had to deal with my depression, my anxiety, acting out. She would visit me every single day that I was in the mental hospital as a teen. Which totaled about a month at three different times. She would work two jobs to make sure I had what I needed. Take me after working a 12-hour shift to alternative school because I was kicked out of regular school for self-harm, and hash x200b, I have read every comment and tried to reply to most. To all the women and men who have commented that they experienced something similar. Experienced being naive, been taken advantage of, thought that the internet was safe back then. My heart goes out to each and every one of you. But I am also proud of you. Proud that you overcame it. That you are still here today. A lot of people don't understand how intoxicating it can be to have someone older and experienced interested in you. How t.
Hat feeling of falling prey to someone lingers with you always, and hash x200b, if you have kids, check what they are doing online. You may trust them but don't trust the creeps that linger. They are out there. While your kid might be smart and you know they would never do anything crazy it never ever hurts to check. Our next post got titled Church in the Woods. I posted this on r backwoods creepy a while back on this throwaway account. My wife suggested this sub might find it interesting as well. Here goes, I grew up in Ohio in the 70s and me and my childhood friend Joe were outside all the time we could manage it. Joe lived on a farm that bordered a pretty big forest and my parents would drop me off in the morning and we'd stay in the woods all weekend. We'd only come out for school. We loved pretending we were frontiersmen, we'd build shelters, traps, practice making fire with sticks, the whole nine yards. When we got to be in high school, we got this notion to pull a stand by me. This was based on the movie of the same name that had just come out. The idea was that Wed walked the railroad tracks out in the country. But instead of looking for a dead body, Wed find cool bridges to fish from, and camp a little ways off the tracks. Of course we knew this was dangerous and Wed likely be trespassing, but we were kids. We had a lot of fun. We did find beautiful rivers, we discovered bridges no one went to, we fished, we hid from trains. At night we camped in woods just near the tracks and made small hidden fires. Nothing bad ever happened. It was idyllic. In fact, it was so fun we did it multiple times. Never had a problem, after high school me and Joe went our own ways. We both left home, but always stayed in touch and always tried to coordinate visits so we'd see each other occasionally. Well one summer in the mid-90s it worked out that we were both in town for about a week. We'd do stuff with family in the day, and at night we'd either catch drinks at a bar or sit outside Joe's house around a fire and talk about the old days. One night, me and Joe got to talking about our stand-by-me trips. Well, nostalgia and beer are a hell of a mix. Soon we decided to take a day, walk the rails, camp one night and walk home. The day came, we started out early morning. We had my wife drop us off in our old spot where we used to start right outside our hometown. She thought this was absolutely crazy and made sure to mention it. When she pulled away, Joe suggested that instead of walking the usual route, we'd take the opposite direction just to be adventurous. We knew the land well, we had a map, so I gave a what the hell and off we set, the day went fine. It was fun, and a little sad but in a good way. We found a bridge and sat on the edge, smoked a joint and moved on. We had no fishing gear, but we brought some canned food and other stuff. Before night started to set in, we picked a spot to camp. It was a thick forested area, trees on every side of the train tracks so you felt like you were in a tunnel. We had brought small hammocks to sleep on, but before we set them up we decided to do a little scouting of the perimeter, now, this is what we used to do in the old days too. We'd walk the area around a little bit to make sure some dude's house wasn't just over a hill and we were actually camping in their yard. We walked maybe a hundred or so feet into the woods and up a small incline. We figured if we didn't see anything from on top of this short hill, we'd be fine. But when we got to the top, we saw an old building down at the bottom, about a hundred yards into the woods. It was barely visible, we pondered over what to do. We both assumed it was a sugar shack or something, because there didn't appear to be a clear road into it. From where we were, there didn't look to be anyone in it either. All was quiet, no movement could be seen no lights we decided to walk a little closer just to make sure we came down the hill very slowly and as we neared the building we saw it wasn't a sugar shack at all it was an old church it looked like it had been abandoned for years 
It was a squat, sagging building whose wooden planks were almost black from years of moss and rot. A cross still stood on top of the place, also weathered black. None of the windows had glass and there were no doors, just open doorways. We got close enough to see inside, there were rows of pews and a built-up section in front for a preacher to stand. We didn't go all the way in, we didn't want to. Beyond all that, there was no sign of anyone else. No footprints, no paths, no roads. It was an abandoned church. We left immediately and went back up the hill to our spot we had picked to camp. Having a hill between us and the church made us feel better, but we were still a little uneasy. We chalked it up. To the natural creepiness seeing a church in the middle of the woods would elicit. Besides, at this point it was dusk and we just decided to rig up our hammocks and go to sleep and move on at early morning, night set in, and as we lay in our hammocks and shot the shit, we began to hear something in the direction of the church. Our conversation about it went a little like this, do you hear that, what the fuck is that, it sounds like, people singing, and it did sound just like singing. We both slid right out of our hammocks and hunkered down, straining to hear more. We listened for a minute or two, and the singing continued but it wasn't getting louder. Finally we decided to creep back up the hill and see if we could spy where the sound was coming from. We could still move very quietly in the woods from the old days, it was second nature to us. The moon was barely out but it provided enough light so you wouldn't walk right into a tree, but it was near pitch black. We didn't use flashlights as we crept slowly up the hill and we didn't talk. When we got to the top we saw light in the distance, it was coming from the church. And the singing was coming from inside. Joe and I put our heads close together and had a hushed conversation that boiled down to can you believe this shit? The light looked to be candlelight from the way it flickered, and though we tried, we couldn't make out what was being sung. It sounded like church music, but in another language. We sat and watched for a while, trying to see who was in there, but we only saw occasional shadows. We had no intention of getting closer either, we had about a football field length between us and we aimed to keep it that way. The singing continued for a bit, and then it stopped. After that, a booming male voice began to chant. I was already freaked out, but this voice thoroughly scared the shit out of me. It sounded like some Old Testament preacher you see in movies, but again it was like he was speaking in a different language because we couldn't understand a single word. Eventually it got to where the single male voice would say something and then a bunch of voices would answer in song. This lasted for a while and then they all broke into this long, sustained wail that just kept getting louder. It got so loud and so, disturbing that I covered my ears. Then it stopped. At this point I was just getting ready to say let's get the fuck out of here, when Joe put a hand on my shoulder and hissed they're coming out. We were far enough away that we couldn't make them out really well, but what we could see was a line of figures walk out the open doorway, all holding hands in single file. We could see some of them had flashlights. They began to sing again, and the light from the flashlights began to move toward us in the hill. We booked it back down to our campsite, grabbed our shit and ran to the tracks. Once there, we ran down the tracks in the direction we had come from. After a few minutes, we stopped and looked back. We saw lights coming down the hill. They were moving erratically like whoever was holding them was shaking them. We continued to run in spurts and walk as fast as we could. We eventually stopped seeing the lights and came to a road. By our map we knew a small town was about 15 minutes down it, and we walked there, got to a 24-hour gas station and called my wife to come get us. My wife and other friends all just thought it was kids messing around, but I heard those voices and they sure as hell didn't sound like kids to me. Not sure who those people were, but it was definitely the creepiest thing that happened to me out in the woods. 
We now reached the end of today's stories. You can follow us for more Reddit content and to support the podcast.